0: It is getting to be that time of the year. The State of the Union, obviously, an annual tradition here in the United States of America when the president addresses the Congress of the United States of America. Well, per listener request, we're going to do a state of the program for BYU football. We'll also get to your questions from our subtext community and talking a little bit about Nick Saban. What can his retirement at Alabama do uh, for BYU football and what could uh, cause ripple effects that affect BYU? We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers, as we like to call you, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and we are brought to you today by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. All right. Uh, got an email to, uh, at lockedonbyu at gmail.com from a good friend of the show, Elliot Beard. He sent this email and says, Hey, Jake, just an idea for your program uh, tomorrow, speaking of today, Thursdays, and the sun on a Wednesday. Uh, I think doing a state of the union slash program of the BYU football program would be great. Since the college football season just ended, I think it would be very topical. Take a quick look back at the season and, more importantly, a look at the BYU football program right now and what to expect in the coming, uh, excuse me, not in the coming year, in the next year, our next season for BYU. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the state of BYU football right now. Appreciate your program, and I listen every day. Thanks, Elliot. All right, Elliot. Well, first off, shout out to you. Thank you for your support of the podcast. You are a true everydayer uh, on the podcast, obviously. So uh, let's let's do this thing. Uh, me, 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 me. I'm, I'm stepping up to the podium, and uh, here we go. My fellow BYU Cougar fans, uh, as we approach the start of the 2024 calendar year, we are just inside the start of the calendar year, we have just seen BYU football embark on what is the start of their 2024 season. And what I mean by that is, is BYU has begun winter conditioning. It is the first time that the strength and conditioning staff of BYU has their chance to work out with these BYU players and whip them into shape with the lead-up to spring camp in March. Looking back at 2023 for the BYU football program was one, I think, of growth for BYU. I think Kalani Sitake's program showed that they can compete against some of the best in the Big 12 Conference, most notably uh, a program that's going to depart in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They beat the likes of uh, Arkansas. This is a program when they're at their best, they can compete with top tier or fellow Power 5 opposition, and they can win those football games, but when they are at their lowest, BYU also is capable of getting their trash kicked or being trounced on the road most notably look at games like West Virginia in 2023 so looking back at 2023 the three lessons I take away in in this state of the union is that BYU football learned a lot about itself in its first foray in Power 5 football. Did they have every answer going into the season? No, they did not, and they were very clear about that. They said, we are going to learn things throughout this first season in the Big 12 that will make us better moving forward. I think the number one thing BYU learned is they had some depth, but not enough depth at at, at very key positions. Let's also acknowledge that. Uh, BYU also, I think, learned a lot about in terms of balancing the roster. They brought in a number, I think was upwards of 60 guys uh, all told in terms of a turnover of the roster via transfer portal, return missionaries, uh, incoming freshmen, and the like for the BYU football program in 2023. And this is a program that never truly gelled throughout that entire campaign, and it really affected BYU's ability to get that elusive sixth win, especially in the final weeks of the season. I think this is a BYU football program that learned, okay, we have to redo or uh, reconsider how we go about building our rosters moving forward forward. I believe BYU will favor more continuity versus mass turnover under Kalani Sitake for however long he is at the helm of the BYU football program. The other thing I think BYU learned last year is that they need to have high level quarterback play uh, to compete in the power of five. That's not anything that's new or revolutionary, even to just to BYU, but this is a program that realized that they did not have the adequate quarterback play to get to the level they hope to be at. Now, There is a big question mark, as we have previously discussed on this podcast, about what the future of the quarterback position is for BYU. Is it Gary Bohannon? Is Jake Retzloff going to take a major leap forward this year? Are they going to turn the reins over to a young freshman, uh, potentially Ryder Burton or Noah Lugo? There are big question marks for BYU, but I think the 2023 season taught BYU a lot about what it already had in the tank and what it already had in the program. That is power five caliber. But bigger point is that BYU learned that there were a number of places that they were deficient as a power five football program. And they will use that as they move forward here. Currently, as we kick off 2024 and BYU looks towards this fall, uh, 230, I think three days away from today when BYU is scheduled to kick off the season against Southern, Illinois is that I think BYU football will utilize a lot of what they uh, experienced during 2023 to be better but I believe this is a football program that has a hunger has a yearning to get back to the postseason, has a yearning to be a factor in the Big 12 Conference they don't like the fact that they finished the season on a 5 game losing streak that is abysmal, that is not fun and obviously it puts BYU among the top 10 in terms of longest losing streaks in the country right now that is something that BYU football is not used to, is not expecting to be used to. And uh, I think, uh, frankly, the members of the BYU football program, whether they're coaches, trainers, administrators, players themselves – I don't think they want to accept the fact that they are a sub-500 football team. They want to annually be playing in the postseason. They want to spend the uh, lead-up to Christmas, if not uh, the uh, post-Christmas period, getting ready for a bowl game. They did not like it, and uh, Connor Pay has been on this podcast and has acknowledged it. It was a very, very boring December for this BYU football program. So currently, I believe there is a hunger in the football program that is going to propel them through this offseason, through spring camp, through summer workouts, player run practices during those hot uh, summer months and obviously on into training camp ahead of the 2024 football season. Uh, It's all being done with a purpose of being ready to compete far better in 2024 and hopefully be out there and competing week in and week out. That was something also the BYU learned in 2023 is they have to bring it every week. You cannot take weeks off at the Power 5 football level. If you do, you get the likes of the results they had against the likes of Iowa State, West Virginia, etc. You have to bring it every single week periods in between all three of those words and BYU will be better for the lessons they learned from that 2023 campaign I believe that BYU football can be a better team this year I believe that they will be eligible if nothing other than the fact that BYU came oh so close it felt like to punching their ticket to the postseason Alas, they finished 5-7 and seven in 2023 and necessitated some changes on the coaching staff. I think those changes were long needed and that gave BYU the opening to make those changes. They will benefit from it. I believe TJ Woods will get the most out of this BYU offensive line and he will make sure that they are a force to be reckoned with once again and that should propel BYU to have much more competitive football play and overall better offensive uh, play in 2024. Like I said, there is a question mark about the quarterback position for BYU, but young men like LJ. J. Martin of the running back position the bevy of wide receivers that BYU has currently in their stable of wide receivers and some of the additions that are anticipated to come in still via the transfer portal have me believing that BYU can be a better football team. I believe that the recruiting prowess under Jay Hill has finally shown what it's capable of looking at this current recruiting cycle for BYU. Think of the high-level players, most notably Falatao Satuala, most recently signing with BYU, as evidence of what Jay Hill is capable of as BYU's defensive coordinator, as head coach overall just recruiting uh, demon uh, guru whatever you want to term him he is impact cannot be overstated for this byu football program it is going to yield results annually for however long he is at byu and hopefully resonates for after he leaves whenever that uh, comes and i hope that it's not for the uh for the next little bit because i believe that he can help byu get to the level they anticipate being at down the road in the big 12 but he can hopefully uh push that timeline up a little bit. So, my overall takeaway is that BYU learned a lot in 2023. 2024 right now, there's a hunger. There is a, there's a yearning for the BYU football program to be, be much better uh, this year as they take on another Big 12 schedule. And I believe that BYU will be better. I believe they are capable of getting to bowl eligibility this year. But ultimately, it's going to come down to the work they put in now and getting through those winter conditioning and checking off the different roadmaps throughout the offseason as they go through the next 233 days, give or take, a day or two as they get ready uh, for their next campaign at the Power 5 football level. And I, for one, uh, would encourage you to stick with this football program and we'll see ultimately what transpires when they hit the gridiron once again uh, this coming fall. So there you go. That's my State of the Union. I- I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on it. If I missed anything, feel free to hit me up. I'd love nothing more than for you guys' feedback in the comments below on YouTube. Uh, tweet at us or send us a note via social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Locked on Cougars. Always appreciate the feedback. And Elliot, if you want to just send us an email like Elliot did, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. So there you go. It's my State of the Union. Coming up next, it's your guys' time to shine. Uh, questions sent in via our subtext community. We'll get to all those as we continue on right here. Unlocked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Now, Game Time is here for you to get you guys to the events you want to go to, whether it's music, sports, comedy, theater events. They're all available near you at incredible prices from our friends at Game Time. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat inside the app, and their best price guaranteed. That's why Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets to make it the best uh, uh, possible experience for you as a consumer. All of us want to worry simply about going and having a good time at the event we want to go to. You don't want to worry about ticket prices and having surprise fees pop up. You don't have to worry about, it. hey, do I have a good seat in the house for whatever event you're at? The best part about Game Time is they've really taken care of all that. And the best part is it's all inside their app. Two taps, your tickets are purchased. They're right there available for you to scan when you get to the venue and you're on your way to having the night or the outing of your life. They also have the Game Time guarantee, which also means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets and do it with our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create the, uh, create an account and use the promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the promo code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus all the national shows covering every league in the sports universe. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Right now. All right. So uh, I, I talked about the fact that we we're going to get to your guys's questions here on the podcast. And the way we're doing this uh, moving forward here is I want to encourage you guys to join our subtext community. And what it is, it's a great way to interact with the show. They come directly to your phone, the messages from subtext as, as a text message. It's a great way to interact. You guys can exchange messages with me back and forth. I love it. It's been a really, really good time getting to know a number of you who have been early adopters of our subtext community. So without further ado, let's dive in and answer your questions. The first one goes to Brandon Holt today. says, do you know by chance, know of anyone that BYU is targeting in the transfer portal? I know they want to add some offensive line and running backs primarily, but I was curious if you heard any names with those or any other positions. Thanks. He says, also, if there's any updates on the tight end coach search and any names you've heard with that as well. Now, uh, Brandon, along with like three or four other uh, uh, listeners of ours, sent in a similar question about the tight end coach. Let's just address that one first. It has been eerily quiet on the tight end coach front. Now, does that mean that BYU has got something cooked up and they can announce it tomorrow? Sure. But uh, a lot of times, this information leaks out, and I'm starting to hear uh, rumors about stuff like that, but I have heard no such rumors. So does that mean that BYU is uh, kind of uh, at uh, back at the drawing board trying to find the right option? I don't know what the status is, but like I said, it's been very, very quiet on that front, and maybe BYU's letting some things shake out, and then they have a couple of guys in mind they're going to uh, make a move on. But it feels like you need to have a coach in place by the time that the signing day gets here in early February I think that's kind of the deadline for BYU. But anything I do here, I'll be happy to pass along. But like I said, it's been very, very quiet on that front. Now, with regards to who they're targeting in the transfer portal, honestly, I don't know names. But I do know, as you mentioned, offensive line and running backs are positions that BYU is thoroughly evaluating, particularly on the O-line. What I was told is that there are multiple, that's the quote I was given, is multiple offensive linemen that BYU believes they're going to be capable of landing. Now, where they're coming from, who they are, etc., that is something I will be working Working to get more information on, but I know the BYU. If they find the right option, no matter regardless of position, it could be a, 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 a tight end, it could be a defensive back, it could be a, a, a kicker. If BYU finds an impact player, they will not hesitate to bring them into the BYU football program. Talent is at a premium, and getting it out of the portal, if it's at all possible, BYU is intent on doing that, and they will find as many options as they can, if they uh, and as many as they can to build bolster uh, this raw. They really, really do need to figure that out. Uh, Jesse Boone, uh, any update on the tight ends coach and re- replacing coaches who left to be with Bronco? Uh, the coaches that left to be with Bronco are mainly off the field or were GA slash analysts. Those are relatively easy to fill. Those are young coaches who are up and coming that you're kind of uh, grooming to take the next step in their career. I think BYU will find some adequate options to replace those positions. I don't really know names on that, but uh, you can rest assured that I'm sure some will have BYU connections. Others won't. They just want to get into coaching and BYU has an opening and they just they get that opportunity to do it and they're going to take advantage of it Weston Birch also asked have you heard anything about the tight ends coach so yeah a few of you guys asking about that uh, Jake by the way who are the linebackers to look out for this coming year Jake uh, Ben Bywater obviously coming back to BYU cannot be overstated how big of an impact that is for BYU I also am a big believer in Jack Kelly the grad transfer I not grad transfer but a transfer from Weber State joining BYU he was Weber State's Kyle Van Noy this past year does he have that uh, capability of being that type of player for BYU TBD but he has got the bonafide skills to be an impact guy for BYU at linebacker and then another name I'd keep an eye on if he's able to stay healthy as is Isaiah Glasker. Glasker was absolutely killing it before getting injured last year and then just really never got back to doing what he was doing in uh, the summer, spring, and training camp before that injury hit. So if he can get back to uh, full health, keep an eye on him as well. But there's other guys uh, out, out on that roster. Ace Kafusi, BYU's very high on. Micah Kafusi, his cousin, as well. Uh, keep an eye on Ciale Serra. He did suffer a pretty significant injury at the tail end of the season. TBD on his recovery window. But when Ciale Serra is on the football field, field. That dude is a major impact player. And if he's healthy, uh, I would imagine that he uh, challenges for starting time uh, as soon as this fall for BYU. He's been very, very good. Uh, Next one, Nick Chadwick. When will we see upgrades to Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Now, that's a great question, Nick. Do you see improvements coming to the locker room anytime soon? Honestly, Nick, I hope it happened yesterday. I hope that BYU is examining all options at updating LES, particularly the locker room for BYU football. They have a very, very nice locker room over at the student-athlete building. It's been revamped. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal locker room. But when you get over to the stadium, it's not as nice as that locker room. And I think BYU could do well to get some upgrades to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Now, uh, the hopes for a facade on LES or uh, raising it and building a new stadium, I think those are years, if not decades. Off, and I know that sounds crazy. Considering this is a stadium, the first uh, footings for it were poured in the 1960s, so it's it's 60 plus years old, folks, and it's starting to show its age in certain certain ways. But this is a, this kind of go back to what I talked about in the State of the Union. I'd like to see BYU put the money where their mouth is. Now, that money does need to come into the coffers. They have not uh, obviously gotten to their full share membership of being a member of the Big 12 quite yet, but they are bringing in more money as a member of the Big 12 right now than they ever have before. This also acknowledge the fact that BYU's got a number of deep-pocketed boosters, and if they have the proper motivation, BYU absolutely can make a move on getting uh, the, the right people in place to help BYU upgrade things if they need to. But I, I'm hopeful, and the, I think the press box, the loges, the l- suites that BYU's got for their high-rolling boosters, those all need to have updates and upgrades, and I hope that it happens in a relatively uh, quick order, but uh, I don't know anything right now of concrete plans on that front, uh, unfortunately, Nick. Uh, next one, uh, John Solomon. I don't understand the ne- negativity with Jake Retzloff. I did feel like I, I feel like he did did well, uh, as a uh, going Juco to Power 5 is a big ask, and we saw improvement in the offense game by game. I kind of view him as a Riley Nelson and Loalugo Lugo as Taysom Hill, if they're comparable, and I think this next year or two under Retzloff will be as good as Lugo gets into form. Am I wrong, or is it just too positive a thinking? I think BYU has been spoiled with the NFL quarterbacks that we have forgotten how hard it is to have high-caliber cal- QBs. I agree that BYU has been spoiled. Uh, you're dead on with that assessment, John, because, yes, BYU has seen back-to-back quarterbacks leading up to 2023 Go to the NFL. Now... The play of uh, Zach Wilson and Jaron Holt in the NFL has no uh, correlation with how they performed at BYU. They were both star playmaking quarterbacks for BYU, and BYU was uh, uh, lucky to have them. I would love for Jake Retzloff to become the guy that BYU uh, uh, thinks that he could be for BYU. That would go a long way to bolstering this quarterback position, really bolstering this BYU football program, if he can do that. But BYU's moves in the transfer portal to bring in uh, Trayson Borgay as a walk on and obviously to sign sign Gary Bohannon as a grad transfer, indicate that they want competition at minimum, if not a guy, to come in and beat out Jake Ratzloff. And that's it's going to be incumbent upon Jake to show that he is the guy for BYU. He's got to do that through word-to-workouts. He's got to be a leader there. He's got to show it on the football field, in spring camp, uh, player-run practices during the summer, and obviously in training camp, when it counts the most, he's got to be able to stand out from his peers at the quarterback position. And I'd, I'd love for him to do that. Noah Lugo, yes, he does feel like he's a little bit more of a developmental prospect where he's got to refine his throwing motion. He's a great athlete, but he's got to learn how to play quarterback, as it were, a little bit more. And, yeah, you're right. I guess the the Riley Nelson versus Taysom Hill comparison, not out of bounds there because, yes, there is development needing to happen on the Noah Lugo side of things. Uh, Next one here, Donovan Gillies says, I I asked the question, I "I hope you're staying safe and warm. Here in Utah uh, with the snowstorms, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of days with snow, and it doesn't look like it's going to stop uh, before the weekend is out. But he says, "Do you have any BYU uh, basketball tickets available?" Well, we're going to do a giveaway on. I'm probably going to announce that on tomorrow's show how we're going to give those away uh, for the uh, was that, is that Iowa State next Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. But he did ask this: uh, Do you think BYU will? Uh, do you think BYU is going to uh, get a, get? Man, I'm butchering this question. It says, I'm safe and warm. Uh, BYU plays UCF, and they've got to exploit more with uh, uh, with uh, Fusini Traore and give more playing time. Why aren't they doing that? That's a great question, Donovan. Now, the question, I, I think, is that uh, Fusini Traore, to start there, is that he is still coming back from injury. He uh, had over a month layoff. And he's got to get his feet back underneath him, get back into game shape. I, I thought you saw signs of that against uh, the, the most recent game against Baylor. UCF went and upside. Uh, Kansas folks the Big 12 is going to be a bear trap for BYU it's it's going to be a really really tough league for BYU to compete in. I don't think anybody expected BYU to come in and run roughshod in this league, but uh, based on non-conference play, you would have thought they'd been a little bit better early on in Big 12 play. The fact that UCF can upset Kansas, and they did it, albeit on their home court, that makes it very, very difficult to consider the team that was picked to be worse than BYU, the only team to be uh, picked to be worse than BYU in the preseason poll, Uh, that is going to uh, obviously uh, impact BYU's chances of getting a win at UCF, but in many respects, it still feels like that is a must-win potentially for BYU to get off the deck and get off to a, a solid start in Big 12 play, but uh, we'll see what shakes out. But Fuseni Traore, yes, he is going to continue to get better and better as he gets his feet underneath him, uh, figuratively, Donovan, and I expect him to be a far better player uh, in short order than he has shown so far since coming back off of that injury. All right, now, A couple more questions here. Byron Mills, we have the second signing period up- upcoming here. I- I've got to uh, and there, are there any big-time recruits, four-star types, that BYU has a chance to sign? Anybody the coaching staff is excited about? Also, I have not heard anything about transfer running backs that we are after or that have visited. Are there any updates there? Now, with the second signing uh, period, there's going to be less guys that sign for BYU, but there's all those rumors out there about Naki Tuakoi who is from the Bay Area. He's a four- or a three-star prospect, a high three-star low four-star, depending on which recruiting service you look at. Rivals has said that he is uh, committed to BYU, if not signed to BYU. I have not been able to corroborate that information. I don't know anybody out there outside of Rivals who has been able to corroborate it. Has he signed with BYU? It'd be awesome if he did because he is a phenomenal, phenomenal football player. So that's the first guy to keep an eye on. He absolutely has the goods to be an impact player for BYU in this recruiting cycle and would be go a long way to helping bolster BYU's recruiting uh, rankings because he's another high-level athlete. But the biggest thing for BYU is this time of year, when it comes to the secondary signing window, BYU plays a little bit coy in terms of uh, revealing who they're going after. So it's very interesting because you know, talk about running backs. I've heard that BYU wants to get a running back, but remember last year uh, it really was a hush-hush about who BYU ultimately is going to get, and then LJ Martin kind of burst onto the scene, and little did we know he had already signed in the early signing window for BYU. So Harvey Unga and the rest of the BYU staff will be doing their work, but it feels like it's a little bit more in secret and kind of behind the scenes this time of year uh, versus what it is in the lead-up to the early signing window. All right, uh, final question. We'll go to Porter Moore. Uh, po- <laughs> Porter, excuse me, Porter Marsh. Uh, Porter, I just butchered your name, but I apologize for that. It says, uh, great question here. Basketball, someone said that a 9-9 record of the Big 12 could be an achievable record. Hi, it's me. I- I'm the problem, uh, to quote Taylor Swift. But after going 0-2, can we realistically get to 500? Uh, that's a very valid question, and I believe BYU can get there, but you've got to be able to play and compete for 40 minutes and grind out wins. This is a team for BYU that had a very, very good run through the non-conference slate. But has been punched in the mouth so far in Big 12 play. How are they going to respond? Are they able to get off the deck figuratively and show what they're capable of? If they do, yes, I believe that nine and nine is capable. But BYU has to start that Saturday against UCF. The other thing about this is uh, you added a second question: Are we overhyped on BYU sports with easy wins early in the season? Or just get felt, th- uh, just get let down uh, in the end, just like what happened with football. I don't think necessarily that's the case. I, I hope it's not the case, but it could be. That's the biggest thing that starts with UCF on Saturday. Is is this a BYU team that's going to shrink and let other teams uh, kind of dictate the terms that they are playing on? Or is this going to be the BYU team we saw against lesser competition in the non-conference slate that dictated the terms to their opposition and b- played BYU basketball? It, it, it's been very revealing through the first two games. The BYU has been punched in the mouth. They weren't necessarily, I don't think, ready uh, for what some of these Big 12 teams could bring. Most notably, I think the Cincinnati game, that final 10 minutes was just, uh, it was abysmal uh, for BYU. And I think they have learned lessons from those two. Can you go get the win against UCF and uh, right the ship a little bit and stabilize things? That would go a long way to helping BYU feel like, okay, yes, we can compete here. Now, if you lose the UCF, who all kinds of alarm bells are going off and then at that point you got to reevaluate okay how many Big 12 games can be what you actually uh win and is this a team that's going to go closer to 500 overall in the season versus what guys at Ken Palm or uh, Ken or at kenpalm.com were projecting potentially a 13 and 5 a Big 12 record going into conference play so A lot of questions to be answered on that front. I I am interested to see where things ultimately shake out for BYU. But uh, first off, thank you to all of you for your questions. Like I said, if you want us to make questions like that, join our subtext community today, and we'll be continuing to do these uh, listener mailbags throughout the offseason. It's really, really fun to do, and uh, hope you guys are enjoying them all the same as well. All right, uh, let's get to our uh, final uh, stanza of today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Nick Saban. Obviously, impacts college football as a whole. He's the preeminent figure. Uh, coach, whatever it is, in college football. Well, he called it a career yesterday and a stunning, frankly stunning move. How will his uh, retirement affect BYU and college football in general? Get some quick thoughts on that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel has been with you guys all NFL season long. They nothing, they'll love nothing more with the NFL playoffs on deck. There's still time to get in on the action with our friends at FanDuel, and they are America's number one sportsbook. Uh, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Think about that, my friends. You can you can get it no matter if you win or lose that bet. Just 5 bucks. Get in on it today. The best part is the app is super easy to use with our friends at FanDuel. There are many Ways to bet like uh, live game, same, a uh, live same game parlays available to you. They have a, a parlay hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays out there. You can find bets in the new explore tab. Maybe it's a bet you haven't considered and you're like, Hey, I'd like to take that one. You can do that right inside the app. There's also the traditional spreads, player props, over unders, money line. No matter what you want to do, our friends at FanDuel have got the option for you. So visit fanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup once again. That's all courtesy of your friends at FanDuel, official partner of the NFL foul. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. Of course, the UCCU mobile banking app is making it easy to learn and uh, pay your family to learn about money. All of us want to be smarter when it comes to our money, and that's where Learn and Earn comes in. It has a fun uh, bite-sized educational games teaching about financial topics featuring quizzes and trivia. And every time a family member completes a topic, you earn points to be redeemed for gift cards, places like uh, Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family Y'all can learn alongside one another, compete with each other on leaderboards. And by the way, just cash in those points to get those gift cards as well. It's all courtesy of the UCCU uh, mobile banking app uh, available to you at all times so you can play at anytime, anywhere. And the best part is learn and earn as part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday uh, whenever you hear this. Stunning news yesterday. Out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, Nick Saban stepping down from his position. He's 72, but it felt like just uh, Nick was just going to keep going until he seemingly croaked on the job. Because he has Alabama uh, among the nation's elite. It's just an annual thing. You see, uh, uh, if they're like the fifth worst odds to win the national championship every year, it's a bad year, it feels like, for Alabama under Nick Saban. But he is stepping aside. Side, whoever gets that job, whether it's Dan Lanning, whether it's the former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkeesian, whether it's Lane Kiffin, or somebody completely off the radar out there that gets that job in Tuscaloosa, it's going to have a cascading and ripple effect on the rest of college football. This is the best job in college football in my mind because the resources allocated to your Alabama are unlike many programs out there. You're in a fertile recruiting ground. Alabama's one was it six national titles under Nick Saban. The 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 pedigree of what. Alabama Alabama has in its back pocket it means that almost every coach that may get approached about this position is probably like, yeah, I'll talk to you about it. If Kalani Sitake, for whatever reason, got a call uh, from Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, and said, hey, uh, Kalani, I'd like to talk to you about my job at Alabama. Kalani would be stupid not to take that phone call and uh, take that meeting. That is how big a job this is. And whoever takes that job, it affects that program. And there's going to be a cascading effect on all of college football because of this. Because uh, as uh, coaches replace each other at different programs, the other thing about this is, it opens the transfer portal window for each one of those programs. Currently, with Alabama coach Nick Saban stepping down, all Alabama football players have a 30-day window starting, I believe is it yesterday or today, where they can enter the transfer portal with no penalty and find new programs to call home. Whoever takes over his job, like I said, that program then has that 30-day window open. It is going to cause ripple effects and BYU can benefit from this in two ways in my mind. Number one, it may open up some coaching positions uh, for uh, BYU coaches that they may want to hire. Maybe it's in some ways, smart that BYU held an open uh, position for that tight end coach. Maybe somebody ends up uh, needing a job that you would love to have at BYU and uh, circumstances uh, playing out, they ultimately are saying, hey, I'll I'll come coach for you at at BYU. That could benefit BYU in that regard. The other one is the transfer portal. BYU recruits a number of these guys that go to these high-level football programs. Let's say, for example, Dan Lanning does take the job at Alabama. There are probably... 10, 12, 15 guys that BYU's recruited that ended up at Oregon. Could those guys decide to enter the transfer portal and look for new homes? And could BYU scoop up one or two of them via the transfer portal? That is the impact that Nick Saban is going to have on the college football environment. And it's going, to, it's going to take some time for it ultimately to kind of stabilize here because, like I said, it's a 30-day window for all these players to enter the transfer portal. How quickly can these programs make moves? How quickly can Alabama hire to replace Nick Saban? How quickly can the program, that whoever he hires, uh, make a move to replace him? There is a cascading effect that is going to play out over the next month or months, weeks, whatever it's going to be, and BYU, I believe, can uh, benefit from it, but it's going to take a little bit of good fortune, but also some legwork from BYU as well, if they want to benefit from it in the end. All right, so there you go. Some quick thoughts on that. Uh, Also, BYU women's basketball, I I meant to mention that earlier on, uh, did suffer another loss on the road in Houston, so a tough uh, sledding for BYU women's basketball uh, following the Battle of the Cougars against Houston. They lost that game at the Fertitta Center, 79 to 69 last night, I'll so, uh, be looking to bounce back uh, uh, later this week when they're back in action. But a uh, tough loss for BYU women's basketball. All right, there you go. That's it. Uh, by the way, quick shout out to Matt Moon for this hat. I've been sporting all day long. I'm calling it my new, like a uh, modern day Lavelle hat. I feel like I'm wearing a hat from the 1990s. That Lavelle Edwards would have sported. Uh, this is part of Matt Moons, uh, Wasatch hat collective. Uh, he's doing a great thing with the hats he's designing. If you'd like to order them, just search out, watch at Wasatch, like the Wasatch mountains, Wasatch hat collective. Uh, and just uh, search that on Instagram or social media. And Matt would be happy to take care of you. Big shout out to Matt, obviously for his support of the podcast as well. And a big shout out to every one of you, not just Matt. Uh, support this podcast thank you for making it your first listen of the day thank you to all of you who are everydayers as well uh until tomorrow on a friday when we talk about byu and ucf uh how things are looking in hoops and whoever whatever else might happen because we saw pete carroll and nick saban step down on the same day in pro and college football what might happen tomorrow stay tuned and find out and of course we'll have it all covered for you byu wise right here on locked on cougars